1: In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog
2: Talk Radio.
1: You've heard about it. You've read about it. You've talked about it. And now, you've found it. This is Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio the largest radio social network in the world, with your host, Alan Smith, a veteran of OTR trucking, business entrepreneur, and the most recognized name for assisting CDL students and new graduates. It's time to shut down that big rig, sit back, and come join the conversation. Truth About Trucking Live begins right now.
3: And hello, everyone. Today is Thursday, September twenty second, 2011, and Don and I welcome you back to the show. Appreciate you spending some of your time with us this evening. Interesting development within the trucking industry, which I'm sure you've all heard about. A driver uh, concerned about the possibility of relapsing back into a former problem with alcoholism and he reported his fears to his employer, which in this case was Old Dominion Freight, and Old Dominion removed the driver from his driving duties while fulfilling their obligation as an employer to uh, assist the driver in seeking substance abuse counseling. Now, Old Dominion didn't terminate the driver, only removed him from driving the CMV, which, by the way, is following the regulations according to the United States uh, Department of Transportation. Later, Old Dominion informed the driver that they would never uh, allow him to uh, return to a driving position within their company, and the EEOC, Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, jumped in and filed a lawsuit against Old Dominion saying that they should have met its legal obligation to to, uh, comply with the Americans with Disabilities Act. So here's where I'd like to go with this issue on this evening's program. First, do you consider alcoholism to be a disability, as we most often think of what a disability is? And secondly, should the motor carrier be punished for their responsibility in in uh, ensuring safety for our public highway system, for all, the, for all the general public? Now, the Americans with Disabilities Act, it's a great thing, but where do you draw the line? What about uh, sleep apnea? Should this be considered a disability where a motor carrier cannot terminate a driver with this condition? And what about drug use? Shouldn't this be considered a disability and a company should not be able to fire a driver with a drug use problem because it's a disability? Now, I commend the driver for having the responsibility to step up and report his fears of a relapse. This show isn't about the driver. He did the right thing, and he should be commended. How the EEOC learned about it is another issue, but now I've I've been talking uh, publicly, publicly about uh, driver rights for nearly five years now, so everybody knows I'm all for it, but, but what about the motor carrier rights? What about the rights of the truck and company to make the decision it deems appropriate in relationship to safety? Now what the EEOC is saying here, in my opinion, is that Old Dominion should have allowed the driver to go through the appropriate substance abuse counseling and then still take the risk of allowing the driver to operate an 80,000-pound CMV down our interstate highway system. Now, according to studies, it's estimated that over 90% of those trying to beat alcoholism have at least one, at least one relapse before they achieve sobriety. In fact, according to research, most treatment programs fail, and Dr. Roger Balaika, M.D., medical director for the Interbalance Health Center out of Loveland, Colorado, uh, just briefly explains why. It's true. People do often relapse after going
1: through traditional uh, rehab programs because
3: the underlying problems have not, not been addressed. And if, if, without doing that, the problem is still there. So all of the biochemical balances that are setting a person out for the addiction so the the things that influence them are still out there even after they leave the study so many of these uh, programs fail and many studies have been done on this and researchers researchers have uh, broken it down to where there are 11 steps to a relapse and i'm going to go through those real quick the first change in attitude and the uh, second one is elevated stress as if now stress plays a big part in a person relapsing back into an alcoholic or a drug state as if uh, truck driving doesn't have enough stress as it is. And number three, the third step, reactivation of denial. And then you have recurrence of post-acute withdrawal symptoms, which include anxiety, depression, sleeplessness, and memory loss. And then then there's going to be a sign of behavior change and then comes social breakdown, and then there's going to be a loss of structure where you begin to completely abandon your daily routine or schedule. And then a the next step is loss of judgment, and then a loss of control, a loss of options. You come to believe that there are only three ways out, insanity, suicide, or self-medication with alcohol. And then the the final eleventh step is relapse. You actually go back into the relapse. So. The EEOC has stated that the driver is a qualified individual with a disability under ADA who can perform the essential functions of a driving position. So, okay, now, with that statement in mind, do these 11 steps that I just shared with you sound like signs of an individual, and, again, not not, not particularly this driver, any individual who can perform the essential functions of a driving position? And again, we're not going after this driver in this particular case. I mean, thankfully, he had the responsible state of mind to step forward in regard to his fears of a a relapse. But Old Dominion has a company policy that bans any driver who self-reports alcohol abuse from ever driving again. And the EEOC says that this policy also violates the ADA. Now, obviously, relapse is preventable. People beat alcoholism all the time. But does a government agency have the right to step in and tell a company or corporation how to run their business and what company policies that they can enact, specifically when those policies adhere to safety for the general public? And does a motor carrier or any company, for that matter, have the right to refuse to place an employee within a safety-conscious position even after treatment has been concluded? Now, I got curious about, well, what is a disability? I mean, how is, a, how is a disability defined under the Americans with Disability Act? So I went to their home home site. I went to their page. And right there in clear letters, what is a disability under ADA? So I'm going to tell you what the ADA considers as a disability. It says the Americans with Disabilities Act may apply to you if... And they kind of they have three uh, uh, three instances here. The Americans with Disability Act may apply to you if one, you have a physical or mental problem that substantially limits one or more of your major life activities. Uh, again, could sleep apnea should sleep should, uh, according to this should sleep apnea be, a, be a, a disability? Number two, you have a record of having had such a problem in the past. And number three, this is a good one. Number three is other people think you have such a problem, even if you do not actually have it. And, and yeah, you heard me right. What is a disability under ADA? The final one is other people think you have such a problem, even even if you do not actually have it. So. Uh, That is right from uh, the the ADA. So we'll talk about it. Our number is 347-826-9170. Alcoholism, truck driving, disability, the focus on this broadcast of Truth About Trucking Live. Uh, Stay with us, and we'll be right back.
1: You're listening to Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio. Alan Smith will be right back.
0: like pumping my money down an endless hole, but what they gonna do when the big rigs don't roll, tell me what they gonna do when the big rigs don't roll.
3: Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio. I hear from a lot of newcomers to the industry who still have that entrepreneur spirit that has made the United States of America the great country that she is, and many of them still have one goal in mind, and that is to someday have their own rig and become an owner-operator. Truth About Trucking Live is all about providing honest, reliable information about the OTR trucking industry, especially for those just beginning their truck driving careers. Running your own trucking business is part of the entrepreneurial spirit that has kept America moving since trucking were first used by the military in World War I. If you're considering starting your own owner-off business, there's only one name that you need to know, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing. LoneMountainTruck.com offers the best lease purchase plans in the industry. There's no huge balloon payment at the end, and when you make that final monthly payment, they hand over the title, The Truck Is Yours. They require a very reasonable down payment, and the monthly payments are kept at an affordable $1,000 per month and sometimes even less. A great inventory to choose from, including Peterbilt's, builds, International's, and Freightliners. And all of their trucks are mechanically checked out, dependable, and ready to go to work. And unlike trucking company leases, if you choose to change motor carriers, the truck goes with you. It's your truck. Check them out at LoneMountainTruck.com or give them a call toll-free, 866-512-5685. LoneMountainTruck.com, the honest guys for the sweet lease deals. LoneMountainTruck.com. Alan Smith here with Truth About Trucking Live and AssetTrucker.com with an important message for owner, operators, and fleet owners. John Incorporated is a company that makes the Dynasys APU, and if you're considering an auxiliary power unit for your truck but thought you just couldn't afford it, you need to talk to the Dynasys guys about their all-new financing program. The Dynasys APU saves fuel and provides AC, heating, plug-in power, all of those comfort necessities you deserve when you have to shut down for your mandatory break. It's definitely the smart way to be comfortable and save money. Their finance program is designed to make your monthly payment nearly half of what you're spending on fuel, with their goal of making APUs available for every hard-working driver. They realize that times are tough and that credit is hard to come by, so they offer four credit plans, giving all owner-operators and fleet owners a guaranteed financing opportunity. They can even get you hooked up with grants that can cover APU costs as well. Give them a call at 1-800-289-8282 toll free 1-800-289-8282 or just google search dynasys apu visit them online at hodjohn.com that's h-o-d-y-o-n.com the dynasys apu the best solution to engine idling All right, welcome back and uh Donna is here with us as well and Donna, this is a very important topic that receives uh many different viewpoints from a lot of people. What do you think
2: well and in my opinion um first of all, a disability of course, I guess my opinion doesn't matter, but I'll give it anyway to me, it's something that you um you were born with, something that uh is a god given disability of some sort now. People could say, "Well, you know, you're born with uh, alcoholism," and I don't. I don't think that's that's the case. Um, that's a, a choice. People have a choice to either take drugs or drink alcohol. And I do believe that certain people have tendencies um, to more than others to become an alcoholic. Now, I know some people say, "No, there's no such thing." But I also believe that some people have more of a tendency to, have, uh, to get cancer than other people. I mean, there's so much research that needs to be done on, on these diseases. So what do you say? Is cancer a disability? Is, I mean, if you really got into it, uh, you could make almost any disease a disability. Uh,
3: well, it's funny you bring that up because, um, I mean, cancer is a disability. Oh,
2: okay, is that listed? Is okay?
3: Yeah, because uh, it's in the very first thing. You have a physical problem that substantially limits one or more of your major life activities, and and uh, I saw that up there anyway. But yeah, cancer is a disability.
2: Okay, well, I guess you could you could really you know go down the list of all the diseases, and
3: um, but as alcoholism and and you know the uh, you know the experts. Say alcoholism is a disease. Now, me personally, and you know, this again, like you, this is my opinion, and this is just what I've always, you know, thought and believed my whole life, and still do. But um, I, I don't think alcoholism is a disease. I think it's a choice. I think it's a weakness.
2: Well, I think I think it is a disease. There's, there's no doubt that it's a disease, but is, is it a disability? And I think that's the big difference. Um, I think, you know, all kinds of drug addict. these are diseases that people
3: Well, have. I'll go with you on that. I mean, alcohol is a drug.
2: And so, you know, it it, it, it is a disease once you become um, either, you know, addicted to drugs or alcohol. And this country has a tremendous problem with that, and I think we all know it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but it is a choice. It And, and, and well, that's the whole other thing. I mean, it, it is a choice, and um, the number one drug I heard uh, addicted, the most addicting, is nicotine. And how many people smoke? I mean, I guess I'm a drug addict then, uh, because you know I smoke. However, you don't have
3: to worry about being fired, though.
2: No, because I'm uh, because it's I'm a not disability it right it's, so it could be a disability i guess but i mean it's where you draw the line and i think when you talk about drugs and alcohol um you have a, a fear there because it it can harm other people um and and especially i believe you know in a in a, a commercial motor vehicle um if somebody says uh, you know hey i think i might be relapsing mhm then, I mean, I know my antennas. When we had the moving company, if somebody walked in and said that to, to me, well, sure, I would have been, you know what? Give me the keys.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, and, and that's my whole point. I mean, you know, motor carriers, like drivers, they have rights too. It's their business. It's their company, and this is, you know, FMCSA always, you know, yelling about safety and safety this and safety that. And I think you know, O. Dominion, you know, the motor carrier, they have the right to step up. And you know, even if uh, even if the treatment worked, and the driver never, you know, any driver never, you know, touched a bottle again, doesn't the motor carrier have the right to make the choice? Look, we don't want to take that risk.
2: I I believe so, but you know, that's my opinion. Um, now. There's lots of people who have kicked alcoholism. I mean, they go years and years. Um, You know, I I have a a friend that's kicked it for 20 years and doesn't even, you know, wouldn't dare Uh go back to that. But, um, you know, they're not going to their company and saying, you know what, I'm I'm worried because I, I think I might be in a relapse. I mean, they just don't even think about it. So there's the difference. It's not saying that people who have had some kind of uh, uh, alcohol problem in their life should not be driving. But if you're actually, you know, going to the plate and saying, hey, I'm having problems right now, that's a whole different story, you know.
3: Oh no, I commend the driver. I yeah. think I think he did the right thing and this has nothing to do with the driver. I think it was I think it was, you know, very responsible for the driver to do that and you know, companies are supposed to have a uh you know, alcohol drug, you know, uh counseling treatment or something a backup plan, you know, that's a given. But to actually uh you know, for a government agency to jump in and tell that you know, sue the motor carrier for uh you know stepping up to the plate and taking safety as a serious issue i i Well they I,
2: well he well they offered him an, another job i mean it's not like they Yeah they didn't they, terminate him. They you know they just said after you're finished you know um you if something's open uh in whatever department i can't remember the department that they looked at then you know we'll offer you employment there. So um, did they handle it totally perfect? Well, you know, I don't know. Uh, This is what they said in that article um, from the um, uh, EEOC. Trucking company should have compiled with ADA while assuring safety, not permanently sideline driver who self-reported alcohol abuse. So I guess they wanted them to go to them first. Um, I read it that way. I mean, I, I don't know what they mean by that, but I, that's what I think it is. You should have come to us first and addressed your concerns um, about safety. Because, you know, what, once somebody says that, it's it's almost like if you went um, somewhere and applied for a driving job and you said to your, um, you know, possible employer, you know, I'm a great driver. My record's clean. Now, I am worried about a relapse with alcohol. Holy cow. Who's? I mean, come on. Who's going to, you know? <laughs> yeah, <I> know. <laughs> I mean, to me, it's the same thing, whether you're hired at the time or if you're um, looking for a job. And here's another thing. You know, there's all kinds of addictions. People have... I mean, you you take pedophiles for example, or or pornography addictions. I mean, if if somebody babysitting your kid said, you know what, I think I'm relapsing into pedophilia, I mean, what are you gonna say? Don't worry, you know, everything will be okay. No, they're they're out of there. So I think it's the same thing. It's a fear, you know. It's a protection. Um, and it's a reaction, and, you know, maybe there needs to be some middle ground on it all. Uh, Maybe, you know, maybe they didn't do it perfectly, but I could see the concern especially now with CSA, and, I mean, that, you know, can you imagine if FMCSA said, well, you knew this guy was relapsing, you know, oh, my God, can you imagine that?
3: Well, yeah, see, that's a perfect point. I mean, you know, when I said... It's like the EEOC is saying, well, you should have went ahead and taken the risk anyway. But when you've got an eighty thousand pound CMV rolling down the interstate uh, and it goes over a you know a family of five, well, then what's going to happen? Then the, then Old Dominion's going to really be in trouble.
2: Well,
0: so
3: it's like a no win. It's a no win situation and, for the motor carrier.
2: And it's it's so ironic because here everybody points to the trucking industry to make the road safer, not the four-wheelers, wheels it's the, the the trucks on the road. And we're going to put speed limiters, and we're going to put EOBRs. And these are tangible, you know, items. But what they've done is they've actually taken away the driver. Now, here's an actual, um, uh, you know, problem with the person driving the truck and instead of saying, okay, you know, we've got to do something about this, no, they'll, they they have all the other proposals and regulations to make things uh, safer, when, when in actuality it's the person driving that makes trucks safer. There should be better CDL training and training programs and, and all like that. And um, I, it's just like the wrong way to me of going about safety I mean, you know, certain things I can see but uh, it just seems to be just going in the wrong direction and we're forgetting that people drive these trucks and that they can't be controlled totally there has to be an element of character and ethics uh, behind the person and uh, you can't eliminate that by uh, forcing regulations upon people And that's my opinion.
3: Yeah, and I think this driver in this particular case had uh, excellent morals and ethics. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, he stepped up; he did the right thing. You know what? What it gets me to thinking. You know, and we hear this all the time. I don't want to get into politics, but you know, you think about it: America's bankrupt; government is broke; jobs are gone; nobody's hiring; fourteen million unemployed. Uh, You know, so the government's thinking, man. You know and you know this is a government agency we're talking about you know we we need to figure out a way to bring in some cash and it's like hey i know i i got it let's go after the motor carriers i mean they've got deep pockets and you know, there's a couple other examples here, Donna. Okay, we'll go into that. You know, the, they're sitting back and they're thinking, oh, hey, over here, here's a motor carrier who won't let a recovering alcoholic driver uh, drive an eighty thousand pound CMV. Let's let's go after them. And and then we've got another one here. We'll talk about. They're you know, they're like, hey, look, look over here, here's a motor carrier that's trying to prevent possible sexual assault against female trainees. Let's go over. Let's go after them. And it kind of makes you wonder if it's like they're looking at these things as a, you know, as a deep pocket source because, you know, let's face it, the government is broke.
2: Well, uh, you know, it it could be. It could be just to, you know, get their name out there. I I don't know. I I think a lot of things start out for good. I think, you know, EEOC, um, you know, started to protect the rights of people to make sure that there isn't discrimination um, and to protect people, but they're run by people also. So you have judgment calls, and people have different views on things. So, you know, what starts out to be a good thing, in, and, and that's just one example, in, in all kinds of programs, what starts to to be a good thing, you know, just turns to, to go over the top, and, um, you know, that's why I guess you have courts, and they have to decide. What's going? People, you know, have to decide these things, and we'll just see what happens.
3: Well, the EOC is a good thing, just like the ADA. I mean, you know, it's needed, and it's a it's a good thing. Don't get me wrong. Uh, But
2: people take advantage. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And every good thing, there's always something that you know it's going to go over the top, and you know, and then what happens is it loses its credibility once they do that, because then they turn out to be, you know, people go, oh, you know, they're just some wacko government agency that, you know. And I think that's the saddest part, is to have something that started out as good uh, lose its credibility and uh, the faith of people. Um, So, um, I don't know. Hmm.
3: Well, I'll be surprised. I mean, I'll I'll follow this, because I'll be surprised if um – well maybe I won't be surprised if the courts go with this because I think the motor carriers have every right to um, place any policy into their I mean it's their business you know they grew it and they built it up and you know for an agency a government agency to come in and say you know that you can't have that policy I mean especially in this case I mean this is a very dangerous situation uh and just like the clip from the doctor I don't know if you know if, it, if you could hear it very well but it was a little low yeah i mean this this thing i can't quite figure out but i mean basically what he was saying was the reason why a large majority of these uh um counseling treatments fail is because once the person gets back out there uh what uh, their problem is is everywhere i mean th- think about alcohol it's everywhere you know so and right it's uh, not like
2: it, a, something you have to it's not illegal you know you can go in any store it's really uh, i would imagine a very very difficult thing um to kick because it is uh legal and readily available you know i mean drugs you know people say they're easy to get and i'm i'm sure they are but at least you know you, you don't can't go in the grocery store and get them
3: Okay, well, what about let's look at this stuff. Let's look. Let's forget the alcohol and the drugs. We know that's a huge, huge problem, and it can really, it can really, you know, take a hold of your life. Let's look at something that's in the in the trucking industry: sleep apnea. I mean, uh, the ADA says you can apply. You may apply that the Disability Act may apply to you if the number one is you have a physical or mental problem that limits one or more of your major life activities. Well, sleep apnea is a physical problem that could limit your major life activities. Why then is that not listed as a disability and drivers are protected from um, facing termination due to that?
2: Well, it very well could be, and I bet you if uh, uh, someone brought it up, I'm sure they'd take it because to me it's a a lot more uh, relevant or real than uh uh than than the the driver with the alcoholic problem
3: um uh, so well, I, mean, I bet well i bet I bet drivers will take it up now
2: <laughs> well, I mean sure you can um and you know you just said uh, it's kind of scary what you just read um about the uh, uh physical or mental problem mm-hmm. I mean supposing you know you're a schizophrenic and you want to drive a truck and and you're turned down well that's a mental problem that's a real disease and and is that a disability well according to what you're saying it is so does that mean that you know <clears throat> people with severe um mental um Problems can can you know? Well, yeah,
3: know. and that would even fall under mental and physical because of the medication. So, I mean, I mean
2: that's what that, I mean. This it, opens up it a, the line. A,
3: I know that's what I mean. Where do you draw the line? And and I just uh, you know I I have a saying that I've said all my life. You know, there's there's only right and wrong and nothing in between and. The motor carrier is right in this case. I mean, you know, we got to be fair. The motor carrier has rights, and I think that they are absolutely right in their decision. And, uh, you know, I truly hope, you know, this driver or anyone, you know, gets the help and, you know, and breaks his habit or breaks this, uh, you know, problem. You know, that's that's the most important thing. But to go after a uh, a, a company like this, it just, it just really aggravates me. And what do you think about the last disability that may apply? Other people think you have such a problem even if you do not actually have it. I mean, what does that that's mean? Just
2: insa- I don't even know the rationale behind it. It doesn't even
3: make any sense.
2: So you don't really have it, but if ten people say, yeah, you do, and even if you don't, then you're considered disabled. Holy cow, that's a scary statement. Uh,
3: it, <laughs> it makes no sense whatsoever.
2: Uh, boy, who was who, who was writing that up that day? <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, that's right off of the ADA page, so uh, I, I just found it funny. Well, let's look at, uh, you know, I was saying you found some other things that was going on from the EEOC. Yeah, I saw
2: one today. Um, let me see. I, I took some notes here. Oh, um, this is interesting. Prime Chucking uh, responds to EEOC accusations of discrimination, and I'll just read it. Uh, The complaint bringing the suit alleges Prime required female applicants to be trained by female trainers. This policy resulted in qualified female applicants being placed on a waiting list due to a lack of female trainers, thus delaying or denying them employment, while New Prime provided training for male applicants without similar delay, the news release said. Now, EOC then said employers cannot avoid their responsibility to provide a workplace without sexual harassment, because I'm sure this is why they have this policy in place, because they're trying to avoid the entire um, sexual harassment issue uh, that, that is rampant. Uh, throughout the trucking industry and other other uh, other places also that have close quarters uh, with male and female, but anyway, um, so it is employers cannot avoid the responsibility to provide a workplace without sexual harassment simply by placing roadblocks in the path of qualified female applicants, and this was said by Barbara A. Seely, regional attorney for the EEOC's. St. Louis District Office.
3: Okay, um, but it's not a roadblock. Well, <clears throat> this is.
2: let me finish <clears throat> what she said. This is her rationale. Instead of proactively training and monitoring male truck drivers to avoid sexual harassment, the company put in place a discriminatory procedure that effectively deprived women of the opportunity to work as truck drivers now here here's, oh. here here's what I have to say this is this is the problem, and this goes back this goes back to our show uh a year and a half ago, and we had i think two shows on it. It was harassment of women in the trucking industry um uh, I think we had two or three shows on it. We had trainers on. Uh, to talk about it and to say, yes, it does exist. We talked about the problems of why it does exist because the um, there was no uh, any kind of requirements to be a trainer. I mean, you could be driving three to six months. Okay, you want to be a trainer? You want to make more money? Here, there's no psychological testing. We even had a show later where we discussed... Uh, what you could do to change that in the industry, you know have psychological testing uh, different uh, criteria uh, to see who is qualified to be a trainer so that that this is coming back now to um, in my opinion to bite these companies exactly now, what prime is doing what they 're saying is you know what we don 't want to deal with all that okay. Uh, let's just avoid this whole sexual harassment thing, and and we're just going to put female drivers uh, with female trainers, and now we don't we don't have to deal with all, all the standards in the training industry or anything like that. Now I, I'm not I, I'm pretty sure that a few years back Swift had the same problem uh, that that uh, they wouldn't allow female drum drivers. With male trainers, and they were put on a waiting list, and I can't remember the outcome. I I think I think they lost, um, but I'd have to we'd have to you know Google that and make sure. But that's just ringing a bell in my mind. Um, but in my opinion, do, does Prime have the right to do that? Well, um, I think they do. I think they took the lazy way out instead of. Um, fixing a problem uh within the industry the whole industry's taking the lazy way out um they don't want to address cdl training and uh uh tr- training schools and all like that you know they just want to keep going and it's just coming back now to bite them because uh this is this is a, an area that really really needs to be addressed so um you know are they right well I guess in a way they have the if that's the way they want to handle it fine you know uh but are they doing what they should be doing no the industry is not addressing the problems of harassment and it is a real problem and uh and somebody hopefully I'm hoping that because of this that it's going to make the industry say we need to do something uh because if if Prime loses this then they are going to have to do something.
3: Well, it might not be fully addressing the problem, but I mean at least it's a step. I mean, you know, I mean that was one thing we had brought up where, you know, don't put female trainees with male drivers, you well, know, but, don't yeah, put them in that situation. But if if they lose this
2: case, what's going to happen is they're going to be forced to yeah. step up their um, guidelines for who's going to be a trainer. They're not going to be able to just, you know, throw people in trucks, and, and they're going to really have to create a system. And, you know, it's going to take effort, work, probably money. And, you know, that's something people don't want to do. They get comfortable in what they have, and unless you're forced into it, you don't do it. So in in my opinion on on this here, well, that's the way they chose to handle it. But on the other hand, um, in a way, hopefully they do lose, and the industry is forced to address the problem of uh, sexual harassment uh, and and do it differently and and step up the program, and, and that's what I'm I'm hoping for. Yeah,
3: but do, but uh, see, so do you see the irony in all this? I mean, and I agree. I mean, hopefully it will force the hand of the motor carriers to do something about this sexual harassment thing that goes on between uh, female trainees and male drivers. Male, male trainers, but I mean, you know, and I, I'm no big fan of a lot of these motor carriers. I think that's no no secret. But I mean, at least at least Prime. Uh, they're doing something to, to well they you know just protecting to,
2: to, themselves really is what they 're doing they 're saying i well, and want-
3: in the same sense they 're protecting the women too, the trainees, but I mean it 's like the e e o c is saying, look you can 't do that, you have to put these uh female trainees in with males, even if they risk the uh the dangers of a sexual assault that 's what the EEOC is saying
2: right well. You know, like I said, that's, um, that's if that's the case, it's going to force them to do something. And I, I think they took the, the easy way out. They don't want to deal with it. Um, they don't want to take the risk of lawsuits with uh, females, with males. And they thought, you know, we just don't need it. But um, I, I think I think there needs to be something done, and we said it two years ago. I mean... Um, There's a huge problem, but not just with sexual harassment, just with training. I mean, the trainers that um, uh, some companies will will uh, step up to be a trainer. You know, these people have a few months; they're still learning. Let me ask you: when when you were driving, do you feel you were qualified at six months to train someone else?
3: (laughs) Man, six months? No, I was (laughs) no, not quite.
2: Okay. I mean, so th- th- this is something that could force the hand, um, you know, with the with the really inadequate um, CDL training. And you know, now that everybody's crying truck driver shortage and how we're going to get qualified drivers, I mean, people should be addressing this problem for those reasons, um, let alone the sexual harassment issues that are that, that are occurring. I mean, training should be the number one priority i would think uh for motor carriers because instead of having the high failure rate and uh, high turnover rate um you know that should be a number one priority and, and all this stuff with all the new regulations everything is is really coming back to bite them now because you know it was a field day for a long time uh
3: well, I know we've been kind of saying, and others have been saying, you know, there's just an assault on drivers. Well, I think there's an assault on motor carriers, too, and it's just not right. Now, there's, there's an article in the International Business Times on their jobs and hire page, and the journalist who wrote this article came down a lot harder on the EOC than I had this evening, and there's three, three paragraphs I want to read to you from the article, and it's linked to our show's description under the text, Federal Government. But this journalist writes, the Americans with Disabilities Act, of course, was intended to provide equal work opportunities for people who are truly disabled, such as veteran war, uh, Vietnam War veterans who are missing a leg or, or someone who was born without the ability to see or hear. And for that purpose, the law argu- arguably has merit. But no one in their right mind would say that having an all-too-cozy relationship with a case of Jack Daniels is a disability. But that's the new political correctness in Washington, it seems. And he goes on to write, drinking is a choice, not a disability. You can choose to do something different. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it it takes therapy or help from your friends or whatever. Life is hard, but grow up, be an adult, take responsibility for your actions and make better choices. That's what adults do. And the last paragraph here, he says, I say that all these made-up, fictitious, totally bogus disabilities are damaging the very concept of disabled and making circumstances more difficult for those who are truly disabled. And he writes, I completely agree it is ethically and morally wrong to fire someone just because they happen to be in a wheelchair, for example, or if they have a hearing disability. If you're visually impaired, that's a legitimate disability and deserves extra consideration by your employer. But don't tell me that every guy who tips back a few too many beers is now suddenly disabled as well. It's ludicrous. So Donna, this is what he says, and uh, a lot of people think this too. And he kind of he says kind of what I say. I you know I, I I think it's a choice. I think it's a weakness. I don't buy it as a disability. That's just my opinion. I don't push it on anybody else. That's just how I see it. But a lot of people see it the same way uh, as that too. But it's a controversial topic. Uh, always hope you know you know this these drivers get help and and recover from it, but. I just still say it's wrong to punish the motor carrier for what they are doing to um, adhere to safety.
2: Well, you know, you said an interesting thing when you read that. That, that gentleman included um, hard of hearing and the deaf.
0: Uh-huh.
2: And, you know, that truly is a disability. And when you were posting, I was reading um, the comments on uh, the Facebook wall. Uh, last week, this was a really huge, I mean, it got a lot of comments on Facebook. And I noticed a few of the people in the deaf and hard of hearing group uh, were saying that no, um, they didn't agree that alcohol was a disability. And, you know, we have quite a few um, of, of the deaf and hard of hearing attending the convention. And, uh, you know, we're very glad that they are coming and they have a few issues. That they want to address while they're there, also. But that truly is a disability, and I'd like to see, you know, uh, where that uh, stands within the trucking industry. Of course, you have the FMCSA, you know, rules, and that's what they're um, they're they're fighting about because you know Canada doesn't have the rules for the deaf. So. Um, you know, but that really is a disability, and and they are having a, a difficult time getting in the trucking industry. And I've looked for research for them of where it says that they're a, a risk and can't find any. Personally, I mean, I'd like to see where that is, but um, anyway, that's a whole different topic. But you just brought it up when you were reading, and and, and that gentleman, you know, said, yeah, being deaf is a disability.
3: Yeah, I mean he just he he just went down pretty pretty hard on it. So uh, I just got that off of that website and everything. So uh, all right, well we'll take a quick break and uh, then we will return and we'll uh, continue the discussion. Uh, number three four seven eight two six nine one seven zero. If you'd like to jump in here, hang with us. We'll be right back.
1: There's a lot of copycats out there, but you know, there's only one. Truth About Trucking, live. Don't go anywhere. Alan will be right back.
0: Brand. I'm trying to make a living running the road, loving my family from a cell phone. Nobody understands, can't get no helping hand. Lord have mercy on us. The, the trucking brain.
3: Hey drivers, how many times have you finally decided to take a break from the sleep or follow the signs of that hotel just up the road and when you got there, they didn't have the parking space for a big 18-wheeler? Well, if you're like me, it's happened more than once. Aggravating, isn't it? Well, it doesn't have to be that way anymore. hotels dot truckersorg was created by a trucker for truckers and is the most comprised database for hotels across the country which offer parking space for commercial vehicles. No longer take a chance of whether or not that long-awaited hotel break will accommodate your big rig. Know for certain that you'll be able to get in where you can fit in. Choose from thousands of trucker-friendly hotels stretching across the nation, and you can also get great discount and specials through HotelsForTruckers.org. Included in their extensive database are the addresses, phone numbers, and direct web links to the hotel. And if you use a hotel only one time a year, you can take advantage of the $10 annual membership fee, which allows easy access to view hotels that offer additional CDL trucker discounts, nationwide hotel chain discounts, and even room coupon specials. As a professional driver, you have enough stress to deal with out on the road, so have the peace of mind knowing that the hotel you choose will have all the driver amenities that you need. Hotelsfortruckers.org, guaranteed, and making sure you get in where you fit in. That's Hotels, the number four, truckers.org. As drivers and motor carriers face stricter guidelines from within the industry, it's never been more important to stay up to date on the ever-changing regulations and, most importantly, to always operate in compliance with those safety standards. Trans Products and Trans Services is a full-service transportation material compliance supply and regulatory service provider in business since 1957. For over 50 years, Trans Products and Trans Services has been working for drivers and motor carriers in assuring that you, are always current and in compliance with all FMCSA regulations, so you'll have an entire regulatory agency working just for you. From logbook auditing to driver qualifications, file management, fuel tax, and UCR filings, permit applications, on-site compliance assistance, and excellent technical service, Trans Products and Trans Services will provide the what, when, why, and how to comply without total interruption of your daily operation. So for more information on how you can have Trans Products and Trans Services working for you, give them a call at 1-800-367-9100. That's toll free, 1-800-367-9100, or find them on the web at TransProducts.com.
1: This is Truth About Trucking Live with Alan Smith. To be a part of the program, call in now at 347-826-9170. Skype users can call in by clicking on the Skype button on our show page. To be a sponsor of the show, email Donna at info at truthabouttrucking.com. Now, back to the show. All
3: right, welcome back. Truth about trucking live on Blog Talk Radio, and um, you know, Don, I'm just kind of going over all this here. Um, I don't know. I think it just it just aggravates me uh, that you know you're always hearing the drivers, you know, talking about the government that just keeps keeps prying more and more into their personal lives and their business, and, and you know, in situations like this, they're doing the exact same thing to the motor carriers.
2: Well, I think it's just a general trend really it's just you know bigger government more control and uh you know i i don't think it's really has any uh uh what would you call it selection or preference you know who who you're controlling um so
3: well are you still there
2: Oh, yeah, I oh. lost you for a second. Sorry.
3: Oh, I thought you uh, chugged down a beer.
2: No, no. Oh God, I can't even see the smell of it. Um <laughs> <laughs> oh, but anyway, well. um Uh I I just think it's a trend right now and you know, you hear it in in um in the general population on, on many things, not just, you know, the trucking industry. So
3: Oh yeah, yeah, it goes everywhere, but well, okay. Well, listen. Let's see. Uh you've got um what kind of uh announcements going on out here.
2: Oh, okay. Well, uh again, we're winding down. I think we have what? 21 uh 20,
3: 20, 20, 22 days or 22 so. 22
2: days? Well, after today, I think it's going to be 21. 21, but in any case, it's only uh it's only 3 weeks away. I can't believe it's here, can you? No. Uh, we're talking about the um first annual truck driver social media convention. Um uh we we started this um about a year ago and uh it's gained tremendous momentum uh in especially in i would say in the last 2 weeks uh the convention is to honor and uh, unite drivers and those who support them uh it's going to be in an atmosphere a really beautiful um place so everybody who's signed up you're you're really going to have a great time um I just want to – you wrote something in a post today. I just want to read it because it was so good when I read it. I thought, wow, that really says it all. Um, Professional truck drivers have always talked among themselves about the ever-changing trucking industry with the difficulties they face largely unnoticed by the general public. The issues faced by the American trucker have never reached a height of public awareness – and that is so true. Um, the public has no idea of all the things they're going through, you know, the low wages and the, the uh, regulations and the anti-idling and, and all like that, and you touched on that in your article too, which is needed for uh, any issue to receive attention. It needs the public awareness, thus beginning the process for resolution. And the annual Truck Driver Social Media was founded on the principle of uniting, recognizing, and honoring our nation's truckers for their daily work in keeping America moving. It's also an event to bring public awareness, national awareness, to the issues that the professional drivers face on a daily basis, as well as bringing drivers and other industry professionals together to exchange thoughts, ideas, solutions that will best meet the needs of our drivers. And that really sums up the convention um, in a nutshell. (laughs) But the public awareness, uh, you know, uh, the media has to get involved, and we're very grateful. Um, uh, Truckers News and Overdrive Mag are going to be there. Um, um, Finally, we're going to get to meet Todd Dill's. Um yeah, will be there for Overdrive I can't wait um he's just uh, awesome and uh and um a uh, Kathleen and i uh, you know I'm sorry I don't have her last name but she's gonna be there for truckers news and um and then we have the business week uh magazine is also gonna be there. Um, you know, we've been speaking back and forth uh, to them, and um, I'm, we're just very, very grateful that such a huge publication um, is taking notice to the seriousness and, and the honor and the uniting of this event. So, um that that's my biggest announcement uh tonight if you haven't um you know gotten your tickets yet you have till october 5th but i really suggest you you know you get them now uh you just go to www.truckingsocialmedia.com and um you know click go down the bottom of the page reserve my seat and boom it's done uh it's going to be a wonderful evening with um you're going to have the speakers uh, tremendous speakers we have um, on um we have legal and owner uh owner operator business um i don 't have the list in front of me here um but uh, uh well, we
3: have landon middleton
2: oh my God, yeah, the social media we had him on the radio the other night, and um you know he's just uh he 's just incredibly knowledgeable, so people who are wanting to learn about social media. Um, they're going to have a great presentation. Uh, James McCormick over at Trucking Careers of America. Paul Taylor, um, you know uh, Eddie Gachui. Uh, Eddie Gachui for the owner-operator business. So uh, Richard yeah. Wilson. Oh yeah. my goodness, he the people are, are dying to. We've hear got it pretty good. Say. it's it's really going to be a tremendous time. And then we've got all the buffets, the live entertainment. Um, Tony Justice. Uh, Jan McCarter, John D. Batista. I mean, the the wind down at the end of the evening is is just going to be wonderful. So, it, it really is um, going to be a tremendous event. We're very grateful. I, I do want to mention um, our sponsors again. I like to mention them every week because without them, this um, this event would not be taking place. So it is their support and belief. Uh, in what we're doing and the importance of it um, that we want to recognize. Our platinum sponsor is Dancing Skeleton Productions. They're going to be doing the video uh, for the event and they are a uh, very very professional uh, outfit there. Uh, They've done things like forensic files and and things like that.
3: uh, A lot. Uh, ESPN, the History Channel,
2: yeah, I mean, they're, um, they're, they're
3: kind of all over the place. It's going to be a wonderful
2: DVD that's created from this. Um, our gold sponsors, Hajion, um with the Dynasys APU. Um, and then we have Hotels for Truckers. Um, who became a gold sponsor last week. Um, they took a step up, and uh, we're very grateful. Dan Fuller um, has, has a wonderful uh, company with his – I can't believe it's $10 a year membership. I really can't believe that. I mean, yeah, no. it's it, it's like a no-brainer. Um, anyway, um, and then our silver sponsors, Pilot Flying J with Challenge Magazine. We have AirDoc, um, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing, Trans Products and Services. And then we have our trucker app, the iPhone trucker app. Um, And now here's some bronze that we we just had a bunch of them jump on last week, but I'm going to mention all of them. We have Idle Air, The Load Post, Driver Sorts, Restore Solutions, CarrierCentral.com, The Truckers Forum, trucker to trucker OIDA. Zata Corporation, Aries Manufacturing, Cobra, Truck Drivers' Money Saving Tips, Transport Designs, Inc., Aeroflow, Real Women in Trucking, Tarps and Beyond, Trucker Charity, and Rudolph Foods. And just so everyone knows, Rudolph Foods is supplying all the snacks in between the buffets. So um, and and I know they're they're sending a lot of really really cool things. So we'll just surprise everybody for that one. Um, but we're very grateful to, to to everybody and for all the attendees. And like I said, you have till October fifth. So. Um,
3: and you know this is real interesting because Donna, how many times have we heard from drivers that says, Ah um, eh, nobody supports us. Nobody cares about us." And then look at all these people and companies and organizations who has jumped on. And really, the sign they're giving is that, yes, we do support our drivers.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, and and, and that's an excellent, excellent point. I mean, everybody that we've um, mentioned tonight has uh, very, you know, willingly. um, I'm going to tell you, most of the people uh, who who are sponsors that I just read contacted us. I mean, and usually people have to contact people, but as I look at this list, I would say the majority contacted us and said we want to sponsor this. So, I
3: think that says a lot right there. Yeah, and you know what's funny, and I've never I've never mentioned this before, but you know, let's go back to our guest speakers. Um it's funny when we first started putting this together, because I had no idea, you know, you know, if, you know, if we could get, you know, 500 people or five people. I had no idea. It's never been done before. So, you know, I, I contact these um, our guest speakers that's going to be speaking at the event. Send them all an email. Say, hey, I'm I'm trying to put together an event for drivers. Uh, would you be interested in uh, being a guest speaker? And you know they all write, they all wrote me back immediately and said, yeah, count me in, Alan, I'll be there. Yeah, we'll do it. You know. Well, then after I got that, I wrote them back and said, oh, by the way, I can't pay anything. <laughs> so uh, that goes to show that you know they're they're coming, they're doing this all on their own, and it's just a, a, a incredible sign of that there is a lot of support for our nation's drivers. Well these are the people if you look at the people
2: attending um speaking. These are true advocates within the industry. Um every single one of them you'd have to go to the page and really, you know, you can you can google them and research them and you'll you'll see what we're talking about. Um these aren't people that are up there, you know, trying to sell things to drivers or uh you know, anything like that. They are going to be speaking about issues
3: um, and be in the uh, op- and the open forum.
2: Oh, and the open forum. Gosh, I forgot you know to even mention that. Uh, they're going to be addressing questions um, during those two or three hours that drivers can come up and and actually you know. They have an issue. They want it heard. They 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 want an answer, you know. And um, and that's going to be a, a a really really big part of the convention.
3: Yeah, it's all it's all about hearing from the drivers too. You know, I mean this is uh, this is this is their convention. This is for them. So, uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to uh, you know hearing what the drivers have to say. You know, what's what's their thoughts and opinions and concerns on everything that's going on into the industry that's affecting them.
2: Yeah, and and the fact that it's going to have such great media coverage um, lets the general public know their concerns also because, you know, they, they just don't have a, a clue. Um, I mean, some people actually think trucks, they park in a hotel at night and go sleep in a hotel. They don't understand the lifestyle. They don't understand the regulations. They don't understand how difficult or the low wages. They They just don't get it and you know we're hoping that this will all change because like you said in your article once the general public gets involved and knows what's going on that's where you get support just like uh, the lobbyists and everybody in in Washington well you know we don't we don't have a lot of lobbyists going to washington so it's going to have to be done other ways so we're uh
3: well you know drivers have been talking among themselves for years and years about these problems and issues but the the key factor that's missing is the uh public awareness
2: yeah and that's and, and that's and, what we've been saying and yeah. um and, and i know about the drivers who have signed up get it they really understand it and then there's there's drivers that are signed up, and you know, they, yeah, they know the seriousness of it, and they're they're interested in um, meeting up with with friends and socializing and having a great time, and honoring one another that way, which is fine. I mean not everybody, you know, has to walk up there with, with their with their fist clenched, you know, or or wanting an answer on something. Um so it's a really a mixed bag. I mean there's people within the industry that are coming um to hear about the social media, um just in all areas of the industry. I was really really impressed when um when I saw all those uh Tickets coming in. It's going to be a great group. It's yeah, very well, I diverse.
3: Th- I think one thing is that uh, you know I don't really know if the industry has ever seen anything like this. You and I have kind of picked up uh, things like this through uh, social media and you know things like that. But I think it's kind of, it's it's a it's a new thing for the industry. So.
2: Um, I think it's going to catch on. Though it's already catching on. I,
3: yeah, I don't think I don't think people really understand. Well, you know what? What is this thing all about? But it's uh, it's really going to be a great event. It's going to be a positive, you know, a, a positive event. It's not. So it's going to be interesting to see looking forward to it. and like you said man it's 3 weeks away it's here.
2: It is here. I mean, you know, we're getting it all together now. I was telling you the other night it's like preparing Christmas dinner and now you have to make sure everything is coordinated so it's perfect at the end and that's where we're at right now and we're just trying to make it perfect.
3: Yeah, well what else what else you got for us?
2: Well, um actually we talked i was going to talk about the the prime incident um uh, one more thing uh the EEOC has and we're going back to the the show now though,
3: that's that's fine
2: is um um what was it ProBass they're also um claiming that they had discrimination also so that's another company that's under the radar right well,
3: now. well now let's see ProBass now that was the uh the thing where the EEOC is saying is uh Saying that they did not hire, they would not hire Hispanics and Blacks. Is that the thing?
2: Right, right. And of course, you know, they're totally denying that and saying no, that's not true. So, um, you know, you you wonder, you know. Well, Well, if if
3: that's if that's the case, I mean, uh, you know, the the EEOC, you know, is right in that, but you know, that's not a safety issue.
2: No, no. (laughs) We were just talking about the the war path that they're on. Um, with the, you know, recently. These are all, like, you know, pretty recent, so I was just going to mention that. Kind of tie that in,
3: because, I mean, that's one of the reasons that the EEOC was formed, but um, as far as, you know, this uh, alcohol disability and and, uh, not putting, you know, looking to punish prime for not placing female trainees in with male trainers, I mean... Uh, it, just a you know is the the guy who wrote that article on that site you know was just saying that uh just another example of you know government going out of control
2: yeah and well that's again things that are meant for good, and I say this all the time, things start out being meant for good, and sometimes they just go over the top, and you know of course we don't know when that's happening, when is it real, when is it because once once uh, something loses credibility, then you know you don't. You wonder. Oh, I wonder if they're, you know, if they're just exaggerating on this or if this is a real deal. So that's that's the problem I see. But you know, that's the way it goes. And
3: well, we'll have to watch it and see what happens. I mean, I, I mean, the law is so funny, you know. And all it takes is just, you know, that, uh, you know, one excellent attorney who can. Twist and turn the laws and everything around to go on their side. I mean, who knows? But you know, I'm uh, I, I'm I'm on the side of of Prime and and Old Dominion on this. I mean, it's like you said. Even though Prime really isn't stepping up to face a true, uh, the no, true issue, no, they're not. They're with, taking
2: the easy way out, is what they're doing.
3: Yeah, uh, but I mean, still, the, their easy way out in this case. Uh, Would hopefully protect female trainees from any assault.
2: But yes, and that's true. But in the meantime, it also prevents people who want to get into the industry from uh, being able to get into the industry. Why? Because they don't have any standards in place that, you know, it's we're comfortable. Why should we have to do this and accommodate this other group when we're doing just fine with this group? And I think that's what the EEOC was saying with them. So, you know, do I agree with what they're doing? Well, yeah. If you're not going to change your policies, I do, uh, because you're saving people from, you know, from, from aggravation and heartbreak and everything else. But on the other hand, you know, why don't we address the problems? And that is the real issue right there.
3: Well, you know what's interesting about that case, though? What? That issue there with the EEOC and Prime what is um oh man let's see i'm sitting here trying to multi multitask i lost my train of thought
2: you i bet uh, you're in the chat room
3: uh i shut the chat chat room down because uh you know one thing about the trucking industry you know there's a lot of good drivers out there a lot of a lot of professional drivers and uh you know to be quite honest there's a, a lot of idiot drivers too so there's a bunch of idiot drivers I don't well, I don't know if they're drivers. Uh, that was in the chat room trying to, you know, cause silly problems. So I shut the whole thing down, okay. and uh, I'll keep it shut down if I have to because uh, we're talking, you know, serious stuff here. But but I kind of lost my train of thought though. Uh, what I was going to say about the well, about the prime issue EOC and prime. Well, uh, no, you well, know, we'll, we'll go we'll along. Just
2: see how that turns out, and you know what I hope? I just hope you know. Oh, I know um, what I was going to say. Huh.
3: The, what's, what's funny about that, what's interesting about that case is, you know, what we've been hearing now for about 10, 15 years that more women are coming into the trucking industry. Yes. And yet uh, the same shortage of female. Drivers and trainees have basically remained the same for 15 years.
2: Well, yeah, I mean that's and that's a good point. It's still at five to six percent, and that's because the failure rate is so high. And of course, it's not just higher uh, for women. I mean, it's high. The failure rate's been high for for men also, and that's the point that we're making. You know, catch on. You've got a problem with training. You know, whether it's sexual harassment, inadequate, whatever it is um you're crying there's a driver shortage now well why don't you look at the problem and fix it and then uh and address it so i mean we've gone over how you could fix it you know uh with the training and the recruiting have better recruiting and uh standards with people how many years experience psychological testing um, you know, all all kinds of things we've discussed on how you could improve your training program and even uh, recruitment for people coming into the industry. Um, that's another thing. People sign up, uh, drivers, you know, oh, you're going to make a lot of money and you're going to see the country and isn't it great? Oh, yeah. And then they get into this <laughs> lifestyle that they're not ready for and all of a sudden, you know, add, add, add a six-month Guy or woman driving experience to the to the uh, party, and you've got somebody who just spent five thousand dollars for CDL school and walking away saying, "Hey, this isn't for me." So the whole system, you know, uh,
3: needs an overhaul. Well, that's part of the art. One of one of the parts of the article I put up today was, um, uh, I mean, I guess this week I, I don't I don't know how many drivers I heard from this week. I mean, uh, 30-, 40-year veterans uh, throwing up their hands and walking away from a lifelong career because it's like, man, all these issues are just too much to deal with.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, what started out, I hear, I I read, you know, when they're really missing the old days um, before um, um, deregulation, and uh, I don't know, it just seemed like, you know, a whole different time, and, and they're like, you know what, this just isn't, um,
3: you know, my cup of tea anymore, so to speak. Yeah, I know, and I guess, I guess, I guess, the cross border thing was kind of the last straw, huh?
2: Yeah, I think. Uh, well, I think there, were, there's a lot of straws on that camel. So. <laughs> yeah, there
3: is. <laughs> yeah, there is. Okay. Well, you got anything else?
2: Um, that's pretty much it for tonight. Um, uh, I'm looking through here. No, I I think I had a short list of announcements tonight. I was just
3: going to address those two things. Okay, well, good enough. Thanks, and thanks to all the online listeners and those in the chat room that were there. Uh, Appreciate it very much. And be sure to bookmark us and add us to your favorites so you can be notified when our next scheduled show is. And as Donna mentioned, the deadline for reservations for the first annual truck driver convention in October or is October 5th 2011 so hope you can make your reservations and we can see you there uh truckingsocialmedia.com and uh let me look here there it is and um I was going to say you know ha- we'll close out here have you heard the new song from Jan McCarter of the com? is It's a lot different from what she usually does pertaining to trucking and all that. It's a catchy little tune, and, you know, I like it. I think it's pretty cool. Maybe she'll add it to her performance at the convention. So we'll close this evening with Jan McCarter from TheKeysTruckers.com with God's Coloring Book. So until next time, on behalf of Donna Smith, TruthAboutTrucking.com, AskTheTrucker.com, Blog Talk Radio, and Truth About Trucking Live, I'm Alan Smith. Drive safe, and thanks for listening.